the purpose of us today is you saw the announcement about out earlier that we about bringing Andy in as an advisory on a part-time situation whilst he's available. So I suppose that's the area for questioning, I presume, and any other questions, I'd answer them as well, if I can. No, this was something we did ourselves. Um, as you know, each province under what is kind of a national structure has a professional game board. Um, our professional game board is chaired by John Kelly, and uh, it's something we look at, I suppose, from a CPD point of view, really, not just for coaches and for all staff. So if you went back over the records over the last number of years, a lot of the fellows have gone abroad. A few guys have gone to Australia, a few guys to league in England. There's a few other things coming up. They would have gone to the European coaching conferences. Um, we would have had uh, Franco, I forget, he's from Italy, Ian, who's there on a training thing earlier in the year. So we're always looking at those things. And um, I suppose we started off the season well. We've run into... A, a patch in the season that you'd prefer not to have and we would have constant or we would have weekly meetings with the coaching staff and our plan through the professional game board was to do everything we could to try and help the situation or support them so we did look at a number of options um he did come up on our radar um it was just a complete coincidence that the time we were on our radar the irfu were actually in discussion with them but we didn't know that at the time and um, he fitted the bill really because whilst there were a number of other people available, his knowledge of the Northern Hemisphere game and being based in it and just out of international rugby and all the background he has, he was the ideal fit, fit for it. What is the situation, practically what's the situation, Anthony Foley will remain on as, as head coach? There's no, there's, no, then there's no change in the coaching structure. Right. Structure stays exactly as it is. Um, we've brought um, Andy in, as just exactly as the announcement said, as a consultant to work with the coaches and the coaching team predominantly to probably assist them, to have a fresh voice in there, to have a look at what they're actually doing, to see if it can be tweaked in any of it. Um, at this time of the season, that is the right and professional way to look at it. You're not just going to change everything. He's um, on a part-time capacity basically because of other personal issues, or not issues, things that he's doing himself, that, and it suits us and it suits him. So it'd be, it could be one day, one week, it could be two days, another week. There are weeks in the period before he takes up his IRFU position where um, we don't have a match and we may use that. Or if you know, if this, so there's no change in our structure. Anthony remains as head coach and Andy is working with them and started today on that. But with, with England, he was the defensive coach. Yes. Will he now have, a, say, sort of on the overall coaching structure? And will he be how long? Will he be here, say, on a weekly basis? How long will he be here during that week? Well, the plan at the moment is that maybe we do two days a week initially to see how that goes, so that he may have uh, a day while the full team are in camp or I would say in, in training, a full training day and a review day, and then be chances to meet with coaches and everything and on another day. But at the moment, the plan is a max of two days a week. So we're going to review it and see how it works. And um, he's, any input he have is not specific to defence attack. It's an overall thing. It could be the overall game plan. could be meeting with the defence coach. could be meeting with the attack coach and everything like that. But that's, there's no specific plan. It's a gen general. And I think his background is he's well qualified in that area where he's come from. 
uh, from his change to played with Saracens when he left rugby league. He's coaching, his involvement with the Lions, his involvement with England and everything else like that. And he played, I think he played in one of the World Cups, if I'm correct. I'm not sure which one, but I think he played it, you know. So there's no, there's no specific, uh, what do I say, function. Gareth, will he be, will he be working with the uh, management team on match day, or is it just purely uh, from a preparation point of view? The plan at the moment is purely in preparation and midweek planning and everything else. That we don't see it working. Now, obviously, as you know and as I know, um, analysis is match day analysis very easily transferred to people from preparation for what you have during the week, but we don't envisage them working on match day at this moment. Uh, I wouldn't look at it that way. You could look at it that way if you wanted to see it that way. Um, first of all, Anthony very much welcomed the idea and was totally supportive of the idea, as he has been on other people that have come in at different times to help and review situations. Um, so we don't see it that way. And um, from the discussion that I've had with Anthony and myself and John Kelly have had with Anthony, he's delighted with you. We see it as, he sees it as an opportunity to learn off a player a past player and a player who's coached at, up at the highest level. And of course, a lot of talk about Anthony's contract. Will he be the head coach next season? Well, as I've said in previous media days, Anthony had an option on his contract that he has been offered an option on that area itself to tie in with the timeline that was on it. He specifically asked that it would be parked and he wanted to try and concentrate on what was happening at team level and team performance level. And I think he's not in any rush at the present moment to do that. And we're quite happy just to let it be as it is, because the most important thing is team performance. Do you still feel that he's the right man to bring Munster forward and to be there next season? Well, the position exactly, as I said, he's been offered the renewal of it. As you know, all the head coaches provincially are IRFU employees. So in conjunction with the IRFU and following reviews that will take at any normal employee situation. So obviously we feel he's the right person at this stage to do that. And um, in any employment situation, people may get changed the mind themselves. Or different things that add our pressure making, but at the present, that's where we see it at present. Gareth, who's in charge of recruitment of overseas players coming to Munster, and do you feel that Munster have, are in a sort of slightly weaker position now when you consider that a province like, like Ulster can go and pay big money for, for a player like Charles Pieto? Are Munster not able to compete at that level anymore? Uh, the first thing is that, just as regards who's in charge of recruitment, as you know, there's a maximum of five recruits with any of the Irish teams. So in any one year, I would imagine the most you might be recruiting is two or three if there's, over, if there's overlapping contracts. Um, that is dealt with by our, initially our coaching team who will identify in conjunction with the professional game board where those opportunities arise. Then if we look and see in those positions to see where there are players available in those positions, and it'll eventually end up on my desk once a person is identified by them to see where, where, if that person is available. Um, as regards us being able to compete financially with, you've mentioned the player in Ulster, the answer is yes. Could we have competed for him? The answer is yes. So it's not an issue. If we want the player, we can compete. Gary, how disappointing was the Stephen Moore situation? <coughs> Pardon? How disappointing was the Stephen Moore situation? Because in that, in that situation, it seemed like you couldn't compete uh, as you wanted to, maybe? Uh, well, in the Stephen Moore situation, it was a bit unusual, but Stephen expressed an interest in playing in Europe. And he specifically expressed an interest in playing in Ireland because of his family connection. Uh, we met with the player. And, you know, there was a, 
what would I say, there was a, a good feeling that it would work. We, we looked at offering him the opportunity I think, to, to play in Ireland. Um, there was a bit of indecision around the World Cup time from himself and on other parties. And, you know, if you weren't sure if that was a position we most needed recruiting in, maybe there was other positions we need to look at. Uh, we did speak to him after the World Cup, but at that stage he had decided to stay in Australia and had received a, a very good offer for renewal. And I think the Australian coach, who you, some of you know quite well, is quite a persuasive man. And I think that probably was the final decision maker for him. Would we like to have had Stephen Moore? Of course, you'd love to have a World Cup captain with his experience on board, given the, the younger players we have around in that position. And Gareth, after the tweet, Stephen said, Alan Quinn said that the organisation at Munster needs to be looked at from the top down. What's your reaction to that? Uh, my reaction to that is first, I think that I've been involved before I ever got involved in rugby. I was involved in business and different things before that. Every organisation needs constant reviewing. There's lots of organisations in this country that they don't like the word change. We've certainly been through lots of changes over the last number of years. Um, there is a recommended structure from the IRFU in each of the four provinces that probably replicates what they do at national level. We have complied with all of that. We've been proactive over the years in promoting change. Um, we have had at least two to three separate consultants in in different areas of the organisation going back along with the academy, with domestic game, with everything else. We put, took part in Plan Ireland, which was the IRFU review of the professional game in Ireland. So it was ongoing reviews and we certainly will look at ourselves and always look, but it isn't as if we haven't changed. There's constant change and I think an organisation that doesn't change isn't going to work anymore. So I have no issue with change or review. Do you think Um, I've been frequently asked that question. I think if you look at what Munster did over the good years, we developed a stadium that cost 39 million that has only 9 million owed on it after about 10 years. I think lots of people would like to be in that position. People overlook the opportunity, part of the long-term payment plan, and that is the renewal of season tickets in, a, I think it's two years' time. Um, would we prefer to have more of the debt paid off? We would, but as regards the scaling of a debt over a 10-year period to only own nine on 39 million is an unbelievable position to be in, and we have to thank everyone that helped us with that. Um, it does put a drain on cash flow, and the IRFU have helped us in that situation to make, to make sure that we're able to do some of the things that Michael asked me about. We've in, put in two new pitches in Thoman Park. We've put in a new facility in Independent Park in Cork. We're in the process of building a new training centre. We've constantly invested in the game, which you have to do. Um, so, I forget, what was the last part of the question? Have you done enough to safeguard against now oh, yeah. this real so, position? The answer to that is the way, the, the business that we operate in is a very difficult business to, to, to plan for. You plan as much as you can. I say when we won our first Heineken Cup, I'm not very good on detail, but I don't think some people in the room even knew who where Toulon were. Where I think they were in Pro D2 at the time. It's a new, it's a completely new market. It's a completely new television-funded market that is now at about 75 million in in France. It's at I think it's up to 40 million sterling at this stage in in the UK in the Aviva Premiership. I think we're at about 12 million. For Pro 12, it's a completely new market that's ever-changing, and you throw in private investment with that. 
So I think no matter how much you do and how much you plan, it's very, it's such a changeable feast, it's very hard to keep with it. Um, if you look at the different, like the difference in funding is purely television money and private investment. Are there, and there are people, there are plenty of players in this country getting paid competitive international market rates that they're quite happy to stay here. But it is, it is an ever-changing thing. Um, I think we've done really well. We've invested in the game. But at the present moment, it's a challenge purely as it is for lots of other business, businesses and has been over the last number of years. But on that, void, on that position, um, the IRFU have been really supportive and helped us in the situation. And they've helped, they've helped other provinces and continue to do so. And that's the way the Irish rugby model is designed. Nonetheless, Garth, would you view that, that game against Stad Francais, uh, particularly the second half against 14 men, as possibly the worst, the worst display that Munster have had in the past 15 years? Um, Len, my, my memory isn't great, like I'm not the best person for looking backwards. Um, I think I sat at something last year and someone asked me, was the Saracens match the worst display, right? Um, certainly it wasn't what you'd want it to be. I thought we played well or competed well given the way we got depleted early on for the first hour of the year, the first 50 minutes of the game. We certainly lost control of the game and conceded scores. We shouldn't be scoring at that level. Um, but these things happen, you know, we, we played exceptionally well, I thought, the week before to recover from a situation where we just didn't take our chance against Leinster and Leinster deserved their win and Leinster's win was really, I thought, well controlled. They built it on a very good defence. We made a few mistakes, they capitalised. I thought we did well to win up on Ulster regardless of how people think Ulster played. So last weekend's result to everyone was disappointing. Gareth, to have that question two years in a row was obviously a massive concern. Like, does Room 6 and the coaching and the playing as a Room 6 off the pitch, think, to lead up to two seasons in a row where you have those performances where people say, is this the worst for Munster ever? Um, well, look, the situation is, if you look at the, the age profile of rugby teams that are winning rugby competitions today, you look at fellas that played at World Cup level, I, I just can't remember the second row that was at Leinster, um, uh, with the All Blacks. And, yeah, yeah, you look at the older player, right? The profile of our team and everything at the moment, I think we, we lack experience in some areas. We have a lot of young players and people coming through the system. We have some people who are new to European matches in France the last day. Um, I'm certainly not happy with, with, with sit the situation we're in rugby-wide. I'd prefer to be in a much stronger position. But the reality of it is that We've lost a huge amount over the last number of years. We've struggled to replace them through pure experience rather than in bodies. And the opposition is certainly getting stronger. And um, the performance against Saracens and the last half hour of the match last day, I wouldn't see them as being, I don't see, you know, they're, it's not what you want. But in this business, you can't hide from it. You've got to go to work the following day. You've got to get out and play the following day. So it's, it's happened, it's been reviewed. And we've got to do our best to make sure it doesn't happen in the future. Gareth, have you identified areas uh, within the squad, within the playing group, that need to be strengthened for next year? If so, how far down the road are you towards recruitment to, to cover up that area? Um, the answer to your question is, have we identified the areas we'd like to strengthen is yes. Um, we have set a standard for ourselves, so the standard of player that we would like to fill that void. Um, 
in the, as you know, in the rugby market internationally, relative to football, is a tiny market. The number of players that you would want to fill that void that are available is, is less than what you count on one hand. Um, so we have started, uh, what would I say, a plan to do that. And we will recruit if the suitable person comes up, and if they don't, we won't. Gareth, can I just ask about, you know, obviously there's a lot of, the, the Farrell appointment is a kind of a short term, and there's a lot, been a lot of talk about Declan Kidneys. Any contact being made with him uh, to come back and have a, you know, some form of an advisor role or director of rugby role within Munster again? No, I haven't. I, I meet Declan on a regular basis. I'd be friendly with him and everything, but there hasn't been any discussions in that area. And would you like to see him come back? I think that's not a fair question, I think, given the scenario of what was announced today.